We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We've got plenty to get into today. We're going to talk about some stuff going on around the NBA, new trade talks between the Lakers and the Pacers. We'll talk a little bit about fines getting levied out, the Golden State Warriors, what's happening there, the, the trade market for Mike Conley, lots of stuff for us to discuss here. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I am now going on what is this? A little over 24 hours of my Kevin McAllister home alone situation here as my wife and daughter are, are out of town. And uh, I'll tell you, it's it's not quite what I thought it would be. <laughs> it, it rarely is, right? It's you, you have a little bit of fun at first and then you get a little bit into it. And it's kind of like, yeah, I miss him. You know, I'm ready for them to come home. See, I'm finding I my thought was, of course, I'm going to miss them, but I'm going to be so productive. I'm going to do all this work oh, on my yeah. studio. I'm going to do all this work on the yards. I'm going to get all of this stuff done because, you know, I'm not going to be having to spend time like watching The Bachelorette and, th and things <laughs> like that or or playing Legos or, you know, some of the other stuff that that takes up some of my time during the day. And don't get me wrong. You know, obviously, I love spending time with my family, but I always think, gosh, I could be so productive. But the thing that I forgot is that I have my brain. And that's that's a problem because then you know what happens, Keith? Then I get up in the morning and I go to check our YouTube stats. And the next thing you know, oh, what what what's this? What's this? Do I want to watch a video on every time Johnny Lawrence says the phrase badass in Cobra Kai? Yes. Yes, I do. Next thing you know, I've watched three full episodes of Cobra Kai, all that I'd already seen before, and my morning's gone. Yeah, that's what happens. That's yeah. what happens when I'm yeah. unsupervised. When I used to work an office job, I can't tell you how many afternoons I lost to like Wikipedia rabbit holes <laughs> or YouTube rabbit holes. Or uh, we used to do a thing called Fun Fridays because we we had a really good team. Uh, this was this was a long, long time ago. This was probably close to going to be almost 15 years ago. Now we had a team where we would get like all of our work for the week done by like Thursday. And then Friday we would just kind of hang out. We'd take a super long lunch, mm -hmm. but on fun Fridays, there was a, do you remember the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. We would go on and we would try to like, like find the like biggest chain we could. And like, like put like two actors, like, like Lawrence Olivier and Hulk Hogan. 
and see like how far is the chain between them and try to stump it and find one where they didn't appear and stuff like that. We would spend a lot, a lot of time on doing that. So I get it, man. It's, you, you get into those, those rabbit holes and then that's yep. it. The next thing you know, it's like, Oh, it's lunchtime. And then it's yep. like, right, well now it's like, you know, after I finish lunch, it's like one thirty, two o'clock. I, I don't really want to start something. Now, no, so, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's close enough to, to quitting time. But um, speaking, but, you know, for, we don't have time today, but for a future show, we'll have to talk about that Ethan Strauss uh, article about the work life balance and everything and the yeah. kind of new new reality with especially of those of us in the sports field, because that was interesting. I think we'll, mm -hmm. we'll need to discuss that maybe tomorrow or something. Yeah, for um, sure. but let's get into some of the news here with the, the big news going on in my world, obviously, was that the Lakers and the Pacers, according to David McMenamin, re-engaged uh, on trade talks around Buddy Heald. Uh, obviously, all of this taking place while the Nets are trying to figure out life and what they want to do with with Kevin Durant and, uh, and Kyrie Irving and kind of what's what and sort through all of that, as they well should. Uh, the Lakers are still trying to get the one that got away in, in Buddy Heald. Uh, there's lots of different ways they could go about this from doing something around Russell Westbrook. McMenamin mentioned could be a bigger trade involving Miles Turner. It could be something just involving Buddy Heald. Could not involve Russell Westbrook at all. Lots of different paths to get there. But interesting, nonetheless, the Lakers and Pacers are starting to have these these talks again. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in the Pacers, this would be very much a situation where they'd be acquiring Russell Westbrook, the contract and yes. not the player, right? Because it, they're certainly not going to take on uh, him and give him minutes that are going to take away from Tyrese Halliburton or uh, right. any of their other younger guys. Um, but they're sitting on 30 plus million in cap space right now. So they can do an unbalanced trade. They, they would not have to match salary to get Westbrook. They could, they could, straight up do healed for Westbrook, even though there's a $26 yep. million difference in just between the cap space plus healed. There it is. There's your trade. Now, presumably they're going to want probably both first round picks. Uh, I would assume that's probably one for healed and one for what taking on Westbrook's contract. Um, if I'm the Lakers, I probably do it. I, I, I would maybe push for, I okay. I, I would, <laughs> I'll explain why in a minute. <laughs> I, I, see hey what would it take to get turner involved yeah. you know what else could That's we it. could could we send you you know if there's you know something else that that they want the challenge for the lakers is as we've talked kind of ad nauseum tradable assets is a hard thing for them to get to because you can't trade any of the guys that just signed so even if they were like hey we really like lonnie walker can't move them you can't trade them until right. december 15th um so you're looking to try to get something done now if you're the lakers but yeah i guess my challenge a couple thoughts on this is Buddy Heald's good. I don't know that he's kind of the – I think it's being painted a little bit too much of a savior yes. uh, here. I, I think he definitely helps – you know, would help for sure um, with his shooting and scoring ability. Um, but then as weird as this sounds, it leaves the Lakers really kind of without a point guard. And, and I know everybody's going to say, well, isn't LeBron the point guard? Yeah, on offense, but who's going to defend? opposing point guards who are you going to put you know who who's going to be the guy who's going to chase guys around and i know westbrook wasn't great defensively last year but he can still do some stuff defensively at times he he can when he wants <laughs> well to. He, when, he, when he, that's the key it's, it's yeah, when he wants to when yeah, you, that's the challenge is how often is he going to want to at correct. his age and situation and everything else so you know i think you still would you still want to go get a point guard there, there 
pickings are a little slim. I I, I see LeBron and Dennis Schroeder. Did playing you see nice. that? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, <no>. Dennis, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder basically openly asking LeBron to let, to let him come back was right? one of the funniest subplots. I, I meant to talk about it yesterday on the show, not but. Yeah, I mean, I guess, right? Why not? Especially if you move Westbrook. Can't do that if you have Westbrook still. That would just be a mess. Yeah. Um, at that point, I, I don't, you know, play Austin Reeves 40 minutes a night at point guard over, you know, playing those two anytime uh, out there. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting, at least. I think it, sure. it gives us a sense of, all right, well, maybe there will be something. You know, well, let's see, you know, that this, you know, kicks off something. And the other thing this could do is, this could be a little kick in the pants to the Nets to say, hey, we're not going to wait around. Yes. And where else are you going to sign Kyrie Irving? So when I was looking at this, I put this out there on Twitter before any of this Pacers news broke because I was already looking at the shooting abilities of the Lakers or the lack, lack thereof, the concerns there. And I said, you know what? Like the Lakers, they're, they're in enough of a hole in terms of shooting, which they've got some guys where they can be a little bit optimistic that they'll be – maybe they'll get up to league average. Like Austin Reeves, will he be, instead of 31 32%, will he be 35% from three next season? They've got a few guys who are in that category, but they're not an Eric Gordon, Buddy Heald away from getting where they want to go. Yeah. So then what are you giving up both first to get if that's not going to get you where you want to go? What's the yeah. what's the point of, of doing true. that? So now if you can rope that into a bigger deal where you're getting Buddy Heald and getting Miles Turner somehow, okay. Right then, then I think you can maybe make an argument that that's enough firepower, or of course, in a deal where you're getting Kyrie Irving or, or something like that. But otherwise, they need shooting, but one shooter isn't going to fix their their issues there. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I I wonder. He's not a shooter, but would give you the point guard position coverage. What if you took on TJ McConnell mm-hmm. in a trade like that? I think that would give you somebody who could, you know, that's 25 minutes of solid point guard play you're going to yeah. get. He's not, he's not going to be anything special, but he's also not going to hurt you. He just, he's, he's not a, you, you know, my feelings, bad shooters are worse than bad shooters are better than complete non-shooters. And yes. he's a non-shooter. Um, he just, he doesn't take jump shots. He doesn't really want to shoot period, um, unless it's a layup. But, you know, he gives you some defense. He can certainly run an offense and mm-hmm. do some stuff. And there, there's always been a thought of, like, maybe he could shoot better if, you know, if he just would. So I guess we, we could see there. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i with you on that one. That, that's, that's a reasonable take to say, like, yeah, hey, this doesn't solve enough of what right. our issue is. And, yeah, I, I would certainly much rather do – um, Westbrook in two first for Kyrie, um, if that sure. you know ever does become realistically on the table. And you know my feeling because we talked about it a while ago. I would absolutely take back Joe Harris. Like oh, I wouldn't sure. even wouldn't even think twice about that. Like mm-hmm. just do it and move on. And you know Harris. Now now you've solved point guard and you've solved your shooting issue to to a large degree. Exactly. Assuming Harris is healthy, right? And you know I I don't know why we think he won't be. I, I, I would hope after missing, you know, the last half of a year he would be. So, you know, let's see where that goes. But, yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. It does signal that the Lakers aren't just going to sit around and wait. So, you know, that's that's something at least. What what do you think is would be a better target? Uh, we've heard Eric Gordon. His name's been thrown around. Buddy Heald or Eric Gordon? That's tough. I, I think probably Eric Gordon. I, I think I just trust yeah. him a little bit more. Um, Buddy Heald's more durable, so that part does matter. I mean, the Lakers already have a lot of guys who, you know, 
might be a good bet to miss 15, 20 games. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Gordon's at the point in his career where that's probably not the worst thing if he misses 15 to 20 games, as long as it's not serious injuries because it keeps him fresh. But, yeah, I I – I think Gordon still, though, I, I think I'd rather go that direction. You, you, It's hard, though, because then what else are you taking, right? Um, I, I guess you could, though, I'm just pulling it up, Houston's roster. I mean, could you take Trey, Trey Burke back, you know, two in that trade? Uh, Sterling Brown? Because that one is harder because you're going to have to – Gordon only makes $19.5 so you're going to have to really start stacking salaries to match there. And they're not sitting on cap space like the Pacers are. So, you know, um, Boban maybe? I mean, who doesn't love yeah. Boban? That's, right? that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Lakers – claim may, doctor. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, yeah, two-time right now. Uh, that's Boban, right. John Wick and Russell. Um, I think if you're the Lakers, if you're going to do that trade, you kind of go into it almost with the same approach Houston did of, and we're going to eat some contracts here just because the Lakers have a relatively full roster at this point. But, you know, Sterling Brown, I guess, you know, the right he was already there once, you know, why, right? Wasn't he with the Lakers? Sterling Brown? Yeah. Am I making that up? I don't think so. Unless I'm thinking of. Unless I missed something. Who am I thinking of then? Are you thinking of Shannon is, Brown? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, just Milwaukee, Houston, and Dallas. Okay. All right. Well, I was wrong. And Houston again, funny enough. Um, yeah, so, I mean, maybe, you know, you just start stacking some stuff together. Start, You know, you could do one heck of a camp competition, too, and then say, hey, play it out. And then we'll wave some guys at the yep. end and move on. But, yeah, it's it. that's the only challenge with the Gordon one is you just got to stack so many salaries coming your way that you're going to have to eat some money. But that's not right. the end of the world. I mean, you're kind of going to eat $47 million of Russell Westbrook. Why, that's right. Why not eat uh, you know, maybe $20 million of other guys? Darvin Ham has uh, outlaid his plan for Russell Westbrook. That's a story to get into another day, but you'll get uh, you'll get a kick out of it when we do have time to, to get into that. Um, let's jump over to the Warriors. The NBA has fined Joe Lacob $500,000 for saying that he doesn't like the luxury tax system, saying that it is unfair. Um, what Technically, the fine is for unauthorized communications regarding collective bargaining. Right. So, so I mean... And I don't know exactly what he said about collective bargaining. I know the quote that's going around is that he doesn't like the luxury tax system. Maybe the luxury tax system is becoming more punitive or something, and that's what he's talking about being unfair. But, I mean, in any event, this is, this is a big fine. This is a pretty big fine yeah, being, big being, being levied on this Warriors team. But I think this is also maybe a little bit of pushback because there have been all these talks about, is this good for the NBA that the Warriors – just outspent everybody and won a championship and you've got, you know, the Warriors and the Clippers are able to spend, 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 and it doesn't put a dent in a, in a guy like, like say Steve Ballmer doesn't put a dent in his, in his wallet. Whereas other teams are not in that situation. Do we, do they want that kind of a system? Isn't the CBA trying to prevent that type of thing? Um, and now he's saying, well, yeah, but we're getting hit by these luxury taxes and these aren't fair. And, and so there's probably a little bit of pushback there, but it is interesting from the team that just won a championship in part by being willing to spend it again to their credit. They, they were willing to spend some teams should spend and are just aren't willing to, uh, but that they're pushing back against these, these luxury taxes. Yeah. And it's tough. I wrote about this for spot track. I wrote a whole thing about, is it really bad? And my uh, 
spoiler alert, I mean, I do encourage everybody to go check it out. You know, is the Golden State Warriors spending really bad for the NBA? Um, that's up on Spot Track right now. It's been up for about a week. It, I don't think it is because the Warriors have mostly spent to retain their own players, yeah. um, which is what are they supposed to do? Say, sorry, you know, got to go. You know, I know we developed you. We drafted you. We got you there. You know, we got to let you go. And it now, but to be fair, yeah, some teams definitely do that. And to be fair, it does seem like we're getting maybe to that point with the Warriors. Joe Lacob has talked about keeping both Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole past this season. May not be tenable. It may be something they have to make a decision on uh, there. Or could they make another decision and move a guy like Clay Thompson, maybe? I know that seems kind of unfathomable given his you know long run with the Warriors, but they've got roster decisions to make for sure. Um, and they made a couple tough ones this year. They didn't pay to keep Gary Payton the second. They could have matched what he got from Portland without issue. They didn't pay to keep Otto Porter Jr. They could have given him their full taxpayer mid-level. That was more than he got from the Raptors. So now, in fairness to the Warriors, they've got kids ready to step in. Uh, in place of those guys, they did sign Dante DiVincenzo for you know, far less money than Peyton got to kind of replace him functionally in their rotation. So I I don't know. I, I don't have a huge problem with it because it's it's been, you know, in the you know, the vast majority of it's been to save their players or recycling the salary slot that was created when the cap jumped, and that's how they got Kevin Durant. So I don't know. I, I struggle with that one. But Hitting him with this fine, perfectly fair. Um, as you said, we, yeah. Full disclosure: neither one of us have listened to the podcast. Uh, yeah. I think it was on Draymond Green's podcast. Um, I think uh, if it was, he doesn't listen to our podcast, so <laughs> we're not going to listen to his. If you do, Draymond, sure? let us know. I mean, I guess I'm not sure, but he could. It, yeah, if you do, he let should. us know. He let should. Us know. We'll start downloading and listening <laughs> to your show too. Um, but anyway, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's you know. I get it, right? It's, you know, the NBA, anytime anybody talks about the CBA talks outside of what's, you know, being published by the league or the MBPA, they're going to drill them pretty hard on it. And it's, you know, it is what it is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um... Another word, the Warriors, they, they spent a little more money. They signed Mac McClung. Um, obviously not going to be a super expensive contract here. Non-guaranteed deal. See if he can stick, stick in uh, training camp. But it's not a two-way contract or anything like that, which is what he's been getting in the past. So this is a chance after looking really good in summer league for him to potentially stick 
on an NBA roster. We talked a little bit about Mac yesterday, about him being that, what, what did you call him? Uh, not a triple A guy, you called him quadruple uh, A. Four, four A player, guy who's probably a little bit too good for the G League, but maybe not quite good enough to stick on an NBA roster. Well, again, we'll see. He looked really good in summer league, so maybe he can battle his way in. Yeah, and, and this is also not in an Exhibit 10 contract, which just education real quick. In Exhibit 10, you're going to see tons of those signed over the next mm-hmm. uh, couple months here leading up to camp. And what those are is those are fully non-guaranteed deals with language where the player gets a bonus if they then go and play in the G League. Um, after being waived by the NBA team, they, they get a little extra money for doing that. So um, we're going to see a ton of those signed. We've already seen probably about 10 or 12. We're probably going to get close to 50, 60, 70 yeah. total. We'll get signed. Probably end up over 100 because what some teams do is they'll sign two, then they'll waive the guys to yeah. get their affiliate player rights for the G League. We'll do a whole thing on that when it's happening because we'll explain um some of those moves when we get there but it's just roster movement to build your best g league roster um as te- more and more teams are prioritizing the g league as a real thing um for developing players um so i think yeah i mean but the warriors with mcclung and then jamichael green who was officially waived by the thunder today so he'll clear waivers on front look at that look at this that guy. ready to go right this is a professional program right there. Uh, Let's listen to the podcast version. I put up the Jermichael <laughs> Green graphic, so that, you know, <laughs> nothing too crazy going yeah. on here. But that was. But it. it's uh, they are. Um, he was officially waived today. Uh, he'll clear waivers on Friday. Presumably, no one's going to claim him. It's only the Pacers, Spurs, and I believe the Jazz that even have the ability. And clearly, none of those three teams are going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll join the Warriors. So with McClung and Green, they're only up to thirteen total players. Um, on the roster so definitely still room uh, there for golden state to do some stuff so uh we'll, we'll see you know where that goes uh moving forward but yeah i think mcclung has a decent chance of sticking and hey they did really great work with gary payton and got him yeah. to be a very good nba player so you know maybe they can do the same with mcclung another former laker just like yeah. gary payton um the whole dynasty just built on the backs of former lakers that's that's right that's right <laughs> Well, it's funny because some people were saying, oh, look at the Lakers just picking up another another Warriors player. You know, last year it was Kent Bazemore, now oh, yeah. Anderson. And now and now you've got the Warriors picking up, you know, Gary Payton the second and Mac McClellan. It's just we've got this. It's an easy move, going. right? You just right up to five. That's, That's right. It. That's right. That's right. It's <laughs> simple. It makes the travel easy. You know, yep. it's uh, it's one of those situations. Uh, James Harden finally agrees. I, I In my head, this box was already checked. Like James Harden yep. is going back to the 76ers. But you noted that there's some things in the contract there maybe a little bit different than what we expected in Harden's new deal with the Sixers. So what's what's going on there? It took slightly more money than what they initially had said he might take uh, in year one of the contract. Not not a ton, no major differences here. Um, but he took about $33 million. There was talks of him taking maybe only 32 maybe 32 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that says maybe something fell through that Philly might have been working on uh, somewhere. But um, they now the Sixers, they're – Three million under the hard cap. That should be more than enough wiggle room for them to do what they need to do. They'll probably even gain a little bit more because they've got some non-guaranteed guys who they count against the hard cap until they're waived. But because they're non-guaranteed, they'll have to do that. They are going to have to waive at least one of those players uh, to just get into roster compliance for the start of the year. So they should be fine. They'll be somewhere between three and five million under the hard cap. 
uh, that's more than enough wiggle room to go into the season with. To If somebody gets hurt and you have to sign a player or you want to make an imbalanced trade where you're bringing in a little more money than you're sending out, uh, that should give them the room to do that. Yes. Yeah, indeed. So in a player option for Harden, which I think we already knew on year two. So he'll opt out after this year and then he'll go right back up to the full max amount next year, presumably unless he's kind of locked in at this point of like, Hey, I'll tell you, always take a little less to try to help us out with building out the roster. And the, you know, we, we talked about this when the trade went down to send Harden to Philly, we said, Oh, the problem is you're going to pay him. And then he's going to be on what a five-year deal or whatever. Yeah. And then by the end of that contract, that's going to be looking pretty bad. Like Philly figured out a way to, to dodge that bullet, and maybe that's just credit to the relationship between Daryl Morey and, uh, and James Harden. Um, this is looking much, much better for the 76ers than it did um, just a few months ago. And I mean, it's the middle of July, getting towards the end of July, but you got to love the stuff he's saying of right, like last year wasn't good enough. I got to come back better. I, you know, um, now he did couch it with, I was still pretty good. But it's like, yeah, but you weren't James Harden, right? So, you know, let, let's see. I mean, even him just being slightly better makes them a much scarier team. For sure. That's, you know, they, they've, they've, they're going to be tough, you know, this year, provided they stay healthy and Harden gets things on track. It's going to be, you know, a really good team in the East. All right. The Utah Jazz have been looking at moving Mike Conley. We know that they're going to try to move a number of guys as soon as O'Donovan Mitchell trade is completed. You've got guys like, Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, Patrick Beverly, Mike Conley as well. These are all guys that are probably going to wind up getting moved. Uh, you can add Rudy Gay into the mix. Um, they'll move on from a lot of these guys if they can and, and see what they can get in return. But the market for Mike Conley in particular has not been well existent, really. Um, turns 35 here and didn't have a great season last year has a decent chunk of guaranteed money for next season, which I mean is I guess better than fully guaranteed, but still I want to say it's about $14 million guaranteed. Yeah. And when you say next season, that's not, we're already thinking this season is the one that starts in a few months. So yeah, it's the season after. Yeah. He's about 14 million of 24 million is guaranteed for him. Right. Which is enough to where it's not like it's 2 million or 3 million exactly. or something. And you're like, Oh, yeah. no big deal. We'll just not. Yeah, those ones out. are functionally expiring. This right. one is not. This is, yeah. this is not, this is a very different situation. So I can understand why the trade market might not be too robust for a guy like, like Mike Conley, particularly when you look around the NBA and you see how many teams really need point guards right now, uh, or need a veteran point guard. Not, not many. Yeah. And, in. and, but like I, I it's funny because I saw someone at some point was like, wouldn't this make sense for the Lakers to look at Conley for Westbrook? And I mean, maybe, but it kind of goes back to our earlier conversation. Is that gonna lift you? Because the Russell Westbrook contract for this season is kind of your last best thing to get something that's really gonna help you uh this right. year, maybe going forward. Conley, I I think I'd probably rather have Conley. I'm not even a probably. I'd rather have Conley than Westbrook on the Lakers right now. For sure. But does that, what's that take you from sixth to fourth in the West? Like, is that going to take you to first, second, challenging for the finals? I don't know. I mean, he's he's really lost it defensively. He Like, Gobert covered for him a lot. The Lakers don't exactly have that presence. AD is good, but he's not gobert level good all the time anymore so that's that's a challenge so yeah i i i don't know it, it's just tough i i would be trying to aim 
higher, I guess, if I was the Lakers in that one. But yeah, it's but beyond them, you really do start looking around. It's like we need some point guards, right? There's just no nobody jumps off the page as like, boy, they really need to go get a point guard. That's where if you do a, a like a Mike Conley and somebody for Russell yeah. Westbrook, because there's going to be a discrepancy there in the, in sure. the salaries. Um, yeah, if but, you could do like Conley and Bogdanovich oh, or something like that. I mean, yeah, yeah I'd be all over that. And the problem good. is the Lakers aren't going to have did, did Russ and two first round picks. I don't know if that's going to be enough for Danny H. Right. Like he's going to, if you know, he's going to be looking for, I want a first round pick for each of those guys. And then I want a pick for eating Russ's contract. So that's right. where the Lakers would have to make up that imbalance somewhere. Which you know, I, I can't see anybody giving a first round yeah, pick for Mike Conley. Um, yeah. Not, not at this stage, but I agree. That's what, you know, Danny Ainge is going to ask for everything. And yeah. that's why if I'm, if I'm the Lakers, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere to, yep. to deal. Just continue to sit tight. Yeah. yeah. And you know what too, if the jazz have to go into the season, still with Conley and another veteran, maybe that's a trade you look at later, right? Yep. You could, if you hit the holidays and it's like, all right, this isn't working. We have to move on from Russ. Then maybe that is a trade you make. And by that point, maybe Ainge says, all right, you know what? Give me one first and three seconds or something. something you right. know, let's, you know, throw in one of your kids. That's now tradable that, you know, you don't really need or something like that. We'll figure it out from there. All right, last thing we've got before we get into a team breakdown here. Andrew Nemhard uh, gets a four-year deal with the Pacers. Uh, he was the first pick of the second round in the draft. Obviously, there's some a little bit of excitement about him, but this is this is what you should do with second rounders. Figure out a way yep. to give them a long-term deal because then you get the potential upside. Very minimal risk if it doesn't work out. Small contract, no no big deal. Uh, but you sound like the Lakers and Lakers fans in my Twitter mentions. Yeah. Right. Like, like, Hey, maybe this is just something you should generally do. So you do have some upside towards the the last few years of of that contract, but a good move for the Pacers. I like it. Yeah. um, uh, Jonathan Gavoni uh, tweeted this out from uh, ESPN draft express uh, tweeted the deal guarantees 6.4 million in the first three years for Nemhard, the most ever for a collegiate second rounder. Now we've seen that that's a good, uh, uh, clarification there because we've seen some guys get picked and then signed two, three years later out of Europe sure. that have made more money. But in this case, uh, coming right out of college. And then uh, Bobby Marks noted um, has more guaranteed money than picks 18 through 30 in the first round and allows Nemhard to hit free agency possibly in one less year, one of the best second round contracts that he's ever seen. So that's wow. just. You know, that's a great work by the Pacers, yep. right? And you plug him in behind Tyrese Halberton and TJ McConnell. Uh, he's got enough size. You can probably play. So does Halberton. You can probably play uh, all sorts of different combos with those guys together with Matherin and uh, Buddy Heald and all that. And, you know, let's see you know, what, what it is. Uh, Pacer, it's so funny. They're probably going to be bad this year, mm-hmm. but I am infinitely more interested in watching the Pacers now than I probably have been in any of the last like three seasons. Is it how much of that is Matherin? Yeah, that's a big part of it. Him, Halliburton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want to watch those two guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm definitely going to watch when they play the Lakers for the first time because I get to see LeBron prove it to Matherin that he's he's better than him. Oh, um, all right. Let's let's get into our team breakdown today. Yeah. I not this. I don't think this is going to be a lengthy one because it's the Chicago Bulls. Yep. And and the Bulls are pretty simple this this off season. 
Uh, I guess really it all it all starts with Zach Levine. They were able to hang on to him. Five five year deal. You know, we always thought that this was probably going to become the outcome here, and uh, but the Bulls get it done. They hang on to Zach Levine. Hopefully, he can stay healthy, and uh, that's that's a hefty chunk of change. But he's a he's a very 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 good player too. And then remember, this is the team that had everybody's attention in the first half last season, and then injuries really caught up with them. And so they've got to be hoping that they'll have a little bit better injury luck this next season and they can kind of recapture that buzz that they had around them at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I really liked what Levine said recently uh, in an interview where he said, look, I asked for the max. I asked for five years. I asked for this. And the Bulls gave it to me. Uh, He was asked, you know, why he didn't take any other meetings. And he said it would have been disrespectful to take other meetings. So I, you know, when they gave me everything I asked for, it, at that point, yeah, I think he's right. It does feel a little yeah. disrespectful. We'll be like, oh, you're going to give me everything? Let me go talk to this other team, right? right. Like, and, you know, what else are we doing here? So, yeah, I mean, that locks him up long term. He's still young enough that five years gives me no worry at all for him, minus as long as the knee gets right. Yeah, the injuries, uh, right. And he does say he's, he's, he's feeling great, and we've seen video of him going through offseason workouts. Um, it's not an offseason thing, but it's worth addressing it here. Can't say the same for Lonzo Ball. Um, yeah. Our Taurus Karnisovich came out and said he's not progressing at the speed the Bulls would like and basically said no guarantee he'll be ready for opening night. So that's that's worrisome because now you're talking that's a six month plus injury now for something where remember initially it was he'd probably be back for the start of the playoffs. Right. Um, and that's to your point, injuries ruined this team season last year first half of the year yeah they were right right there them at miami were kind of back and forth one two in the east and then the injuries really hit them and i gotta believe this is why they didn't dip into any of that backcourt depth and start trading guys like kobe white yet or anything like that because i think the bulls were probably thinking we might need these guys to at least open the year because we don't know if we're gonna have lonzo ready to go yeah, exactly. That was that was something that was out there that they would eventually move on from Kobe White. But again, if, if these injuries are lingering with Lonzo, you can't really do that mm-hmm. if you're the Bulls. And I think that's part of why you know you look at their offseason, you're like, oh, they didn't do a ton, but it's because all that's up in the air. And so they, you know, maybe they, this could wind up being a team that makes a big move midseason. Uh, yeah, you know, I could a, tra- a trade deadline team. Uh, they do bring back Derek Jones Jr., who's just fine. You know, obviously he'd be much more valuable if he could shoot, but still gives you some athleticism on the way. Now he's kind of very properly paid if maybe even a little underpaid, right? At about Yes. Three, he used to be overpaid, paid. but now but now it's a, it's about right. Uh you know, he's he's fun to watch. He's super springy and and all of that. Uh and then you go and you bring in Andre Drummond as your your backup five uh behind Vucevic. So Drummond. I don't have I don't have a problem with it. I mean, he was yeah. he was good enough when he was traded to Brooklyn where you could say, okay, like you could see the way some things could work. I, I, ideally you would have more of a proper rim protector than Drummond, but he's not, I think he can still give you some stuff there off the bench for, for the bulls. Yeah. I think we are both of similar mindset, like me with Celtics fans clamored after him as a trade target for years. Then you actually got him for what a few months of a season. Um, I think we're of similar mindset that Andre Drummond as a starter, yeah, not probably a lower end starter, right? You're yeah. probably 25 to 30 in starter ranks. As a backup, though, it's probably one of the top 
three to five backup centers in the, in the league, maybe? Yeah. I'd have to give it more thought, but that feels right-ish to me, just kind of off the top of my head. Um, and, and I think that's important here for the Bulls for two reasons. One is, if anything happens to Vucevic, you're not going to really fall apart because your only other option than are Tony Bradley, or then you're really dipping into maybe a 10 day signing or something weird or really playing small. They tried Tristan Thompson last year. That was a mess and not good. Um, Drummond, I think is certainly better than Tristan Thompson is at this point. Plus if you made a move where Vooch is kind of your big trade chip, correct. Maybe then you could say, all right, hey, we can slide Drummond in because we got better enough at the four or something mm-hmm. like that where, where Drummond can come in come in here and play play uh, for him. Um, and then in that guard mix, too, Goran Dragic is going to join the, the party here as well. Eventually, he has not officially signed yet, but it doesn't sound like there's anything going on with that other than he's trying to decide if he's going to play for Slovenia or not in uh, Eurobasket this summer. Um, so we'll, we'll see um, what, what he does there. But, um, you know, just another guy thrown in. And that, to me, says if and when Lonzo gets back, see a Kobe White. That's gonna mm-hmm. He's going to get packaged in a deal because they're not going to pay him. Um, and at that point, you're talking – He's he's behind what he'd be behind Lonzo, he'd be behind Dragic, he'd be behind Io Desunmu, be behind Alex Caruso, obviously. Like you're, you know, in that mix there, the guard mix, not even to mention Levine and uh, you know, at the the two, uh DeRozan at the two, if you go a little bit bigger, like all that stuff, like at that point it's see you later, Kobe White. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's where, and by the way, this Gordon Dragic landing with the Bulls, that was a major curveball because everybody was assuming he was going to the Mavs. Yep. Um, and then that didn't didn't uh, materialize. But I think the Mavs, too, thought yeah. he was going to the Mavs. Yeah, it was it was a shock. But, um, but I think this is, when I'm looking at this roster, I think, you know, we could very well see a Kobe White boost of its package around the trade deadline to get the Bulls an upgrade somewhere. It wouldn't surprise me at all yeah. if that if that duo wound up getting getting chopped around. Yeah, that's $30 million in salary basically to send out. And I didn't even talk about Dalen Terry yet, who's another player coming, coming in, another guy in the guard mix for Chicago. Um, it, right now, there's no minutes for him at all. So he's going to be uh, doing a lot of developing with uh, – um, the Windy City Bulls of the G League um, there. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I would not surprise me at all if they're they're active, um, you know, moving guys around. They did use part of their uh, non-taxpayer mid-level to sign um, Drummond uh, to his contract, and then they've got about $7.3 million left, but they're only about $3.5 million under the tax line. And uh, much to the chagrin of Bulls fans who will very much let you know on Twitter, if you ask, they hate hate it, but they know they're not going to go into the tax. Like, it's just yeah. not something they do. Um, so he, the, what you see is what you get unless you start uh, making trades. 
hung on to Patrick Williams still, right? Yep. So it's not the worst thing in the world that they've kept him around. Fingers crossed. Um, stay healthy. Yep, stay healthy. He showed some stuff, too, after he got back uh, from injury late in the year. Returned when it, for a little while there, it looked like he wasn't going to um, need to get back on the court. So, yeah, get Lonzo back and. This starts to become that fun, interesting team uh, from the beginning part of last year. Without Lonzo, it's they're probably middle of the pack in the East. Yep, uh, agreed. Uh, we'll see if they can recapture some of that that fun running and gunning Bulls team that we saw at the beginning of the season. But uh, Keith, I think that about does it for today. I, I need to get back to Miss Marvel. I'm on episode <laughs> four now Love because it. I've been I've been able to fly through a bunch of them. Um, you know, while I've had this time. So I got to, I'm going to try to get through a few more of those, but, uh, but good talking NBA with you as, yeah. as always. And, uh, and I, I'm enjoying these team breakdowns. I think we got to try to keep squeezing these into the end of our, our episodes. Yeah. And guys, the plan is we we're going to try to get all 30 in yep. you know, well in advance of uh, it, flipping them from reviews to previews. Um, but we're going to try to get these in and on the days when it's a little lighter, we might try to do one or two of them or, you know, um, these are ones too, where the challenges right now, there's, we, we were going through it tonight. There's about seven or eight teams where it's kind of like, ah, I don't feel good about doing theirs yet. Cause they might do X, but the teams yeah. that mostly seem like they're probably done are, you know, we'll, we'll do them. And you know what you guys know by now, if, if the bulls, make a Donovan Mitchell trade or they're the we'll team that trades for KD. We'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about it and break it all down probably in a painstaking detail uh, with that. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into it that way. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited to really start uh, turning the corner and all right, well, what did we do here? Let's uh, pick up the pieces. Cause some of these, I almost, as we get into them, I'll, I'll be kind of like, and I'm like, Oh yeah, they did that too. I kind of, kind of forgot. A That's bit. right. That's right. Because everything was such a blur in mm-hmm. that condensed period, which, Again, I want to get into that more when we talk about that Ethan Strauss sure. article. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. But um, <laughs> don't forget, guys, go check out our Front Office Show Clips channel. I'll put a link in the description below over on YouTube. You can go check out the short-form content there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Till next time, stay safe and see ya.